So nice, man. It's your well, actually, it, as long as there's no snow, I'm cool with it, man. <laughs> as long as there's no snow, you're cool with it. Yeah. Well, like Hamley, bro. Just no snow, and I'm good. How do you feel about the uh, the temperature, the dra- their drastic uh, temperature change? Nah, I don't care. Don't it's, bother it's me. It's usually the cutoff is uh, Memorial Day. That's when everything starts getting warm, and you don't see any more. Uh, 40s and 50s so yeah that's when you can go back out with just dash on and the same thing with labor day where it just turns off like a faucet and you know you start getting the fall i don't know i mean september has been hot sometimes man you still have a uh, supposed indian summer and whatnot right yeah far in between anyways we got steve in the house we got mark in the house and we got junior in Hello. the house junior's relaxing on the red couch Second half, he's holding. Oh, he'll two be things. there in second half. He's second holding half. out on us. He's holding out for the for his uh for the good part. He's waiting to get violent. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. He'll be in the first part once once the conversation gets a bit heated. You know. What's uh, what's in the news this week? Anything interesting? Mm, no, no, not really. How, how's everything going in Nepal? They said anything? Are they rebuilding there? Or anything? Or are they, they just getting... had another earthquake? Actually. Another one? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Seven point three at register. Wow. Mm-hmm. Terrible. And uh, the bombing. Um, they had a suicide bomber that killed forty people. Where? Oh, I heard about I'll that. The story for you. Now. The one on the bus. The people on the bus with the motorcycle guys. They, they pulled up on them and just started spraying. Yeah. In, in which country? It was Shia Muslim. It was Pakistan. They got killed. It was in Pakistan. Yep. Yeah. How the hell do people live like this, dude? You know, it seems like there there isn't a day that doesn't go by where there's some kind of uh, atrocity. It's yeah. it's unreal. I I just don't get it. Like I mean, you know, I want to see something different in my newsfeed. I don't want to see you know eighty people killed or forty people killed or fifteen beheaded or kidnapped or I mean it just doesn't make any sense to me. I don't really understand how the world is operating right now. How well, it's it, functioning. It's funny you're saying that because uh, uh, statistics seem to indicate that violence has been decreasing over the years but how the hell does that even make sense i mean i don't get it who's behind the statistics who's behind that i mean it's just you know they they ask a group of ten thousand people or they take you know different demographics and put them together as far as uh, reported crimes i mean statistics are are unless you're in america i mean you could they're probably 70 percent correct but you never heard the saying stats lie and liars use stats Yeah, definitely. I mean, they, they've got to be, man. No, seriously. Well, there's three seriously. people in this room, so if we agree on something, it's unanimous. This poll says that 100% of the people agree on this. Uh... Really, how on, how on God's green earth has violence decreased? I mean, the terrorists, uh, the, you know, the terror in the Middle East has increased, that alone. I mean, what, they're saying maybe in this country violence has decreased? But I don't know. Even in this country, I'm skeptical that it has decreased. I don't know. I agree. I mean, is it that 
You know, Omar, I do agree with you on that. It is funny, too, because every time you watch the news, they're talking about how violence is down and this and that and everything else. But then once I think what it is is because things are so magnified with the news that you think it's because they repeat the same damn stories over and over and over and over and over. You're thinking like every hour another thousand are getting killed, you know? But just about every day, dude. Either XYZ or Fox are posting a homicide in Detroit. I mean, because I'm on both, uh, I'm on both, you know, both stations' uh, Facebook page, and it's like every, just about every day they've got a, you know, post about homicide in West Detroit. So I don't know, man. But I mean, even though they post about that, don't you think it was way worse, like in the '70s and '80s? Even because, and don't forget too, with no internet, you really didn't know a lot about of the uh, mur- about a lot of the murders. You know what? I'll agree with you. Uh, technology was not uh, there, you know, for the cops too. I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. you know, but um, it is getting bad. And something. I mean, has don't you guys change. remember the Devil's Night Fire? Absolutely. I mean, that <laughs> oh was, yeah. You, you used to talk to somebody in another state. Hey, you know, what are you going to do for Devil's Night? You going to protect your house? You're like, what are you talking about? What the hell is Devil's Night? So I like yeah. wikied it, and there's like only it's it's like originated in Detroit. I'm like, okay. Yeah, yeah. Devil's yeah. Night did originate in Detroit. I remember. Remember how crazy it was them burning down all the buildings? Oh, and- yeah. Every every Devil's Night there was hundred, two, three, four, eight hundred fires, nine hundred. Oh, fires. The, the funny thing is, this reminds me of. Uh, I remember when my sister was, you know, then dating her now husband, um, and uh, he was at the time. It was back in '95. He was working for Mayor Dennis Archer. And uh, uh, Devil's Night, October 30th of 95, we actually, uh, they actually gave him a police car. And it was me, him, and my sister. We were cruising around Detroit, you know, monitoring stuff and reporting anything we saw. They had a bunch of people doing that, you know. So, yeah, it was. uh, I remember that. We had one in the neighborhood. They used to call it the Neighborhood Watch. You guys ever had that in your neighborhood? Yeah, neighborhood watch. They used to put those little things on top of their car, and the, you know. But isn't it funny how that drive just, around? Isn't it funny how that just went away? Like nobody yeah, even knows I what think, Devil's Night is I anymore. Think, I think. Uh, I think because the technology, and you know, as far as uh, people are more aware, and you know, they they did the Angels Night thing for you know till 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 this day, till every year they do the Angel Night now, and. Um, they stiffen the penalties so i think a lot of people are just like you know what the hell are we doing going burning down houses it's stupid you know yeah it's hard to figure out what the heck made all that stuff stop because it was like massive devil's night was insane it just got it like detroit was a shithole you know there was a lot of stuff already burnt down so it's just like adding fuel to the fire yeah they were burning down abandoned buildings and stuff i think a lot of people too use it as an opportunity to get rid of abandoned buildings the city wouldn't touch that turned to crack houses and stuff that was you know that that's very possible you know, hey, look here, you know, it's devil's night. Let's go burn this shit now because yeah. they're, they're selling yep. dope out of it, you know. So. so what are we talking about, Omar, today? An issue that uh, that has come up, you know, in recent discussions between my friends and I. And uh, it's, it's, you know, it's, I think it's always been been on the minds of people, especially parents. And uh, it's actually good that we have a parent here with us today. Um, uh, that being Mark, of course. And. Um, it's the whole topic of of dating. Uh, I mean, Mark, I'm sure you remember growing up because you grew up in pretty much the same era that I did. It was a lot different. Dating was a lot different within the community. Steve, I'm sure you remember too. Um, well, well, I mean, growing up in the uh, 
90s as far as being a teenager. And I know you guys were teenagers in the 80s. Yep. Yeah, that's so, that's a whole it's a whole generation. And, and, yeah. and even in the 90s, it was different than it was in the 80s. I mean, I'll tell you, um, you know, in the 80s, when there were no, I mean, you had a phone, you know, house phones. There was no caller ID. No call waiting. No call waiting and no callback <laughs> even. Yep. You know, and so if you liked a girl and she flipped you her number, right, you'd call up. You'd call her up her house, and if somebody else besides her picked up the phone, you hung it up on them. You know, where then in the 90s, um, not only did technology change, but I think very slowly is when the whole dating atmosphere, attitude, and scene changed too. You know, I think that's when uh, things became more open. Um, I think, you know, generally speaking, not, you know, not of course, not apply to everybody, but Generally speaking, parents very, very slowly started to change their thinking on dating. Um, and even aside from the parents, you know, a lot of younger folks uh, almost just, I hate to use the word let loose, the term let loose, but they let loose. In the 90s, you're saying? Yeah, that's when that's when they started to. Well, the 80s were funky because, like you said, if you call a girl, like if you're going to call a girl up, first of all, you were just hoping the line wasn't busy. Second of all, after it was busy for one hour because somebody's on the phone and a parent picked up the hello, you're like, click, <laughs> hang up the phone because yeah. you're scared to death. <laughs> I mean, now it's so, I mean, even like you said, the 90s got a little more, you know, a little more open with call waiting, get through to somebody or whatever. Mm -hmm. But there now, pagers and cell phones, you know, man, now parenting is a whole different ball game. Trust me, I know with. Because you can contact somebody anyway, you know, between texting and instant messaging and um, Facebook, Instagram. Yeah, it's like you can't stop your kid from talking to somebody if they want to, really. Technically, I mean, yeah, of course you could tell them no, but if they really want to, what the hell can you do? I think I think when when Chaldean girls were growing up in the eighties and seventies, it was definitely taboo to even have a boyfriend. Um of course you know, human nature is human nature. You're always going to have the, you know, the rebellious ones, you know, the, it's just programmed, I guess. I don't know, you know, to be, to become promiscuous or even entertain that thought. But, uh, in the eighties, it was, it was definitely, uh, low key. It'd be, you know, tell mall or, you know, Oakland mall. Let's meet up, you know, walk around for, you know, a few laps and, you know, just see if, you know, you could talk for like 20 minutes after dinner, you know, when no one's going to be on the phone or, you know, clicking the line every 10 seconds to make sure no one's on the phone. So I have this, this theory that, uh, openness, um, makes things more acceptable. So what I mean by that is, you know, you have, uh, you know, like you're saying back in the eighties, it was more low key. It was, you know, whatever, tell 12, meet up, meet up here, meet up there, but it was a lot more low key, but, and that's true that, you know, that, Obviously, we all know there were low-key things going on. You know, things were a lot more discreet, you know, a lot more on the down low. But my my uh, belief, my theory is that when it was more on the down low, it, it may, you know, it also made it less accepted. And so I think more people were felt shameful if they were caught, whereas these days, Things are so much more open. Things are so much more out in the open, whether it's anything, dating, uh, cheating, adultery, that because of its openness, 
um, there's people people have less shame to deal with. I mean, there was something on one of the Facebook posts. Someone was talking about how parents are arranging group dates with younger kids and, you know, play dates and bringing, you know, hmm? a boy and girl together and supervised group. I'm like, wait, is that within the community? Yeah, it was on your, it was one on one of the posts that we had as far as uh, uh, advertising for the show. Some, uh, I, don't, I don't know who it was, but there was a post where, you know, she said that some uh, parents are having uh, oh, group I think play it was dates. posted yesterday, right? Yeah. She said it was Bloomfield. Yeah, group play dates, like boy and girl together, supervised. I'm like, it's okay. I'm if like, you can pull that post up real quick. Okay. It was yesterday. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. I mean, what's the point of a group play I, date? You know what? I, you know, maybe to say, hey, look here, it's fine, but we're going to, you know, monitor. I'm thinking that's like more of a jailhouse visit or something. I don't know. In the meantime, we want to hear from callers. Um, don't be shy. This is uh, don't shy. Don't shy. <laughs> Especially parents. Uh, this is real important. We'd love to hear from you guys. Uh, 347-857-3847. That's 347-857-3847. Call in with your comments and your opinions and, you know, uh, what you feel about this issue. Um, Mark, how old do you think, in your opinion... <laughs> Uh, while Steve pulls this this post up, how old do you think that uh, the youth, the younger people, should be before they get involved in dating? And then that's you know before I mean after you answer that, we'll get into the whole other ball game of sexual intercourse and all that. I mean that sixty five. <laughs> sixty five, you can officially date. It's but, it'll uh, be time then. At, at sixty five, are they still fertile? <laughs> here's Freeze a the eggs and be ready to go. Here's here's a post. A lot of Chaldean parents are allowing group dates or boy and girl supervised get-togethers at their houses. Most of these parents grew up here and know what it's like. It seems like college-age dating is more and more acceptable. Just my experience with Chaldean parents in the WB area. So, obviously, if you're in college, you're 18, 19 years old, I mean, you're an adult. So, you're going to make choices whether they benefit you or not. And your parents are going to give you guidance and don't do this depending on your situation in life and how serious you are in your life. Um, so is that a good thing that what, what this, what's uh, absolutely not? You don't have supervised dates. You need to teach from the, the church. And so you have to say, look here, you know, you believe in Jesus. You don't, you're not going to have sex before you get married. You are not going to date before you get married. You know, obviously you're going to have to meet someone, but you know, that time comes and you know, I think a suitable age is 19, 20, 21, dating? Yeah, 20, yeah. 21, you know, you're, you're almost out of college, but when you're 14, 15, 16, no, 17, even 18, like, okay, what is he going to do for you? Is he, I mean, well, if, if he's, if he, okay, look, hands down, if he's like a great guy and you know, he's all about the church life and he's like respectful and he's, you know, doing the right thing for you. And, you know, he respects you and he, he he's not pressuring you to do things, you know, that are, that are going to be bad or you might regret fine, you know, God bless him. But if he's just an asshole and a jerk and just wants to get some and say, okay, you know what? I'll keep her around. I'll, I'll wife her up, you know, out of sass. Tell him at a 14. No, 17, 18, 19. Uh, like, what is that going to get you? You know, it's yeah, not. It, it takes two to tango. You know, the, the girl's got to be intelligent. My point what do you is, mean, Mark? in other words, the girl, obviously, it's not just the uh, the guy. I mean, the girl has to be willing to go out with I, the guy. Too. I don't. I disagree with you. The female trait 
is a lot different than a male's trait. A male's trait is more dominant. The female is more uh, self-esteem. Um, am I going to be accepted? Oh, the most popular guy wants me. Oh, my friends are all saying you should go out with him. Yeah, but you know, Steve, that puts it in her uh, court. That's you can't, a, I agree you with can't, You can't do that. Okay, so fine. He's a great guy. So next thing you know, all he wants no, to no, do no, is... No, hold on, hold on here. What Mark is saying is that the, the, the girl made this is making the choice whatever is motivating her that's a whole other issue yeah the well, motivation is different but you can just say no well <laughs> i don't want to well, go out with you 99% of relationships okay after the age of 18 19 will end up in sexual intercourse and that's a true fact and i challenge anyone to call in and refute me anyone okay so my point is, if you're saying that we need to change or what's going on in this community as far as sexual promiscuity. But hold on here. You just contradicted yourself. If you feel that dating shouldn't start till 21 or 20, okay, and it should be done within church guidelines, but then how are you saying that promiscuity exists after 19? Omar, it's a lot before. It's, it's way before that. I'm talking about serious promiscuity okay i'm not just talking about you know experiencing and 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 you know wanting to you know get familiar with with your body and things like that well okay let's let's leave that alone for a second how old should a person be for them to start dating i say when you have a grip on life your schooling is 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 going great and you're picking someone that has the same kind of motivation you do and career goals. So it's and, an individual question. Man, you got a really idealistic view. It's it's it ain't like that though. It's when well you don't know when you're gonna find the right person. It's Look, not, it's not finding the right person. It's these days. There's hold on, hold on, hold on. you're talking. You well, how 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 long have you been married, Mark? Twenty years. It's okay, you are like a dying breed. You got lucky He's and a dying breed. Yes, <laughs> as as far as what he did, he found a woman twenty years ago. Okay. They don't make them like that anymore, okay? They don't. They just don't. And that's, you know, like I said, anyone that wants to refute me or, or, or prove me wrong, call in. But the women 20 years ago are a lot different than the women today. Bottom line. Well, I mean, if, you're that, if you want to go like that, I mean, the women from the 80s were a lot different than the women. From well, that's the what we're talking about. Hello? But, but okay, no, hold on here. So, okay, we leave that again. Boy, I, you know, I kind of, I, I almost refute that too because I feel like it's kind of like the news. There's less murders, but they're more magnified on TV. It's like there's, the, whenever they say there's less violence, like we're just talking about Omar, but the problem is because it's so magnified with social media and stuff that it seems like there's more going on. Uh, sometimes, okay. sometimes I feel that um, way too. I'm going to disagree with you, Mark, for one reason. One, one thing, one thing. There's one thing to refute that: the fact that divorce has risen in our community. Well, there's so many factors with that too, because you got to look at it's not just. But that's just one example. What I'm saying is, okay, so divorce has risen, but so also has the promiscuity that Steve's talking about. You know, he's, I'm not saying the promiscuity hasn't risen, but there's obviously no, you know, there's no way to gauge it. No way to gauge it. But what I will say is. As life becomes, you know, as the times become more modern and accessibility to certain things, uh, you know, just again, like we talked about, even communication with all the different forms of communication that you can get in touch 
you know, with it, with a guy or a girl, with a guy or guy, with a girl or whatever. I mean, yeah, of course it's going to get complicated and of course more things are going to happen, but there's also a lot of people that fly under the radar. I mean, we always hear about the bad people, but let's flip the switch or flip the script and look how many of the young people now are becoming priests are becoming nuns. It's like, we always talk about the promiscuous side of things. But there's so much good happening in our community. All the church groups are growing. The youth groups are growing. As it should be, Mark. As it should be. No, no, it and be. I commend them as yeah. it should be. But we're talking about the dark side here. Well, but no, no. Yeah, and that's true. But it's funny you said that, Mark, because Rafin and I actually discussed this recently. Um, and it's, it's definitely true. You know, we, we have... It might have been actually you and I that discussed this, Mark. I don't even remember. Was it you, me and you and, or uh, Rafin and I? I can't remember. But anyway... It's very true. Uh, we have definitely have a lot of younger people getting involved in the priesthood, the nuns, uh, a lot more church programs and, pro- programs and a lot more churches. And, of course, that, that has definitely increased, and that's excellent. But on, on that, you know, with that increasing, on the other hand, the, uh, the bad is also increasing. Yeah, it, it's kind of weird. It's almost, isn't it amazing how everything in life kind of mirrors itself, like, for example, doesn't it seem like economically um, that there's the great divide, right? The middle class has been weeded out. So you got either people that are working hard every day to try to make a living or you've got the highest sale of Bentleys in American history because there's the uber you know, rich. There's no middle ground. And then the same thing what you guys are talking about. Isn't it kind of strange that it seems like we've become divided with extremely religious uh, parts of the community and parts of the community that have gone to the extreme where we talked about heroin use and sexuality and that type of thing right so i guess it kind of mirrors what's going on in the world right now in society it's that's a very interesting way of looking at it so what what is a good age generally for mark in, in your opinion in your parent and again we want to encourage call, uh, listeners to call in three four seven eight five seven three eight four seven we want to hear from you guys especially the parents on uh, what how you know how you guys feel about this and what you think but mark what do you think is the proper age, generally speaking, uh, for for people to start dating? Man, that's so hard to gauge because it's such a delicate uh, a thing. A delicate thing because you could say, okay, well, seventeen, nineteen, twenty-one. I mean, really, you don't know what's right because, um, you know, maybe they, sometimes they are too good, too good kids that are going just going to prom together or doing whatever. It's so hard to gauge things because everything is so unique. Um, I, I, like I said, I mean, my wife and I got married very young. I mean, people thought we were crazy because we were getting married. So How old young. were you when you got married, Mark? If you don't mind me Well, asking. I wasn't too young. I was, I was 25. I became 26. And my wife was only, I met her. She was only 18, seven year difference between us. I mean, she was really young. In fact, some, a few of her relatives said, you know, you're way too young. This guy's going to, not be serious or leave you or whatever, but you know, I had nothing but good intentions. It's obviously proven now over the years. You can only prove things over time. Well, here's here's something interesting that my one of my marketing professors back at U of D once told me. And Steve is gonna love this for sure. But uh as as time has gone on, um people's people's uh speed of, of maturity uh has slowed down. So for example, 20 years ago. If you compare a, let's say, a 20-year-old girl of 20 years ago to a 20-year-old girl of today, that the one from 20 years ago was a lot more mature. 
You know what? I agree with you, Omar. Yeah. I because you know the girls that I went to high school with, okay, they were classy. They were good girls, and like I said, there were some. There's a handful that were you know on the on the on the crazy side, but the majority of the girls in my high school, okay, were great girls. Okay, like you you know to this day you can't say nothing about them, you know, and unfortunately that's not the case anymore. There are a lot of misfits and you know what it takes two to tango i understand that and the guys are screwed up too you know they they think they're doing something as far as sleeping with these girls and getting them to go to bed with them and this and that with no with no intentions or any good intentions or not even fearing you know karma or jesus or anything you know it's just it's the craziest thing so my point is you know when you say what's the age it just has to you know be clear to so but in don't other you words, think it's, it's kind of an individual question? But, so. but don't you think that a lot of it has to do with the fact that that there are no taboos anymore? Like, there's no more. It used to be like, here's a perfect example. Like, everything has be, kind of become designer. In other words, like hookah, right? Hookah now is like a designer thing. Like it's a like, trend, you mean? Yeah, very trendy. And yeah. our, our community is very, very pop culture slash followers. Mm-hmm. So we see people doing things. We like to all join in. And it's just weird. Like, we know people know how bad hookah is for your lungs. They know it's 50 times worse than smoking. But it's become a very designer thing, kind of in the same way drinking, right? Like, drinking was like before, like, yeah, give me a fifth jack. I'm going to get wasted. Now it's like all these, like, 98 flavors of whatever kind of Vodka. alcohol. Yeah, now it's, like, so cool and trendy to have, like, you know, a certain kind of alcohol or it's like a high-end, classy thing now. Yeah, or like Russian mule, some kind of like super rare vodka Mojito. or Pepe Van Winkle or something, you know. Well, but, you know what I mean. It's kind of like these things that we become desensitized to these things as not being, as no longer being a uh, a negative, a negative uh, tag to them. You know what I mean? Well, here's a here's a situation, and I'm speaking uh, in regards to our community. You could you could take it in general, but here's a situation. You know, a female, a male, a female, you know, they don't start experiencing their hormones, you know, until about 12, 13 years old. You know, they start getting into puberty and getting their cycles and the guys start, you know, whatever. But the point is, it's hard to sit a 13 year old down and say, look here, you know, my beautiful daughter, my God given daughter, you know, I want you to understand that if you decide to even you know, kiss a boy or let him do things to your body or things like that, you know, you might regret it for the rest of your life and your reputation might not be the way you want. And you might have, you know, you know, bad luck and certain things that you want, you know, and it's just the way it is. It's just how life is, you know, so please don't do these things. Well, they're, they're not going to, they're not going to process that the same way a 19 or 20 year old would, but But in that time, but in that time frame, Omar, it's going to be too late. No, no. So how do you, how does that work? There are different ways. I think the church really needs to step in. I think the church really needs to step in at an 11, 12 year old age and and, and talk about this. Okay. Hang on a second. I think there are ways to talk to your kids you're you're gonna if you're gonna be their friend right i mean mark i think you deem yourself your kid's friend right it's the well, number one rule in parenting is that you're never their friend well you know omar be honest with you uh their aunts and uncles are more than f- their friends than me like i'm a friend as far as like yeah i joke around with the kids and all that but they know i'm serious like 
you know, when it comes to any of that stuff, I'm like extremely serious with him. Like, uh, I remember showing them when they were, when they were younger, they had one of these world star hip hop videos oh where one of their kids acts like he's a gang banger on, on Facebook. So the, the dad gets on there and records him beating the hell out of the kid to say, you know, don't you be, you know, don't go be acting like somebody you're not. And uh, I show that to the kids and go, just remember, I will do the same to you. <laughs> don't, don't think you're going to get up there and act like somebody you're not on, on social media or act this or talk about your family or nothing. It's, you know what? It's funny. It kind of comes down to that old saying, this is going to hurt me a lot more than it hurts you. It's so true. Nothing hurts you more than yelling at your kids and doing what you have to do as a parent. And when you got to send them to their room crying and everything. But let me tell you, it's a necessary evil. They will appreciate that later. You can't just be their buddy old pal, you know, because there's there's that line where you're still the parent. You still got to have the, the no, I, I totally agree, but but what I meant what I meant by that is, Mark, do you think there is a way where you can be on a level with your kids where they feel comfortable enough to confide in you when there are issues? Oh yeah, my wife is excellent with that. I'm a little less good yeah. at that. My wife is really good at that, where they're not scared to come to my wife and talk about talk about anything, and then my wife will come to me and tell me. Okay, so having uh, said said all that, don't you think there's a a, a healthy way? Of talking to the to the kids to the girls, let's say you know, to the kids and saying, this is, these are the proper etiquettes of you know dating of sexual you know whatever sexual, yeah. sexuality you know isn't there, you know aren't there healthy ways of being able to talk to your kids about that, where Absolutely. it generates positive outcomes? Absolutely. In fact, I actually think that the old school way of just being militant. Uh, actually works to make your kids rebel uh, more agree. more than it does. You don't have to be the totally like nice guy. I mean, there's good cop, bad cop deal with the parents, mm-hmm. but you do have to be. It's the old saying, just like the good teachers, right? They were firm but fair. Like you knew you weren't getting the answer that you wanted. Yeah, and I mean, that, that's that's a good way of putting it, you know. And I just don't think, like you said, the militant way. The militant way is the worst thing ever, I think, because all you're going to do is raise that kid's curiosity level, you know, to the point where it's like, because, you know, by by nature, especially here in this country and the way we're raised, nobody likes to be told, no, don't do something. And, and, and then on top of that, not be given an explanation, an explanation as to why they shouldn't, you know, I mean, I remember some parents, you know, well, who they would tell their kid, no, don't do this. And you'd be like, why? And they'd be like, I don't have to tell you why, (laughs) you know? And that's, to me, that's the worst thing ever because all you're doing is you're creating curiosity in that kid. And the first chance they get, they're going to go and try it. I think, I think it starts with, with our, with our males, our male youth. I think they need to uh, understand that, uh, Corrupting the the female is is no good. Um, the sexual desires are no good. I think the church needs to step in from the beginning and teach that that uh, you know engaging in this kind of behavior is is a sin, and Jesus will will you know be very mad at you, and it's not a good thing to do, and you know it's just not life. You know, no, I, I've I've done so many bad things as far as that in my life that, you know, to this day, 
I regret them so much, and I wish I I wish I never did anything. You know, as for you know, to my fellow Chaldean woman. Two things. Uh, I think you're taking away too much blame from the women these days. I I don't I don't. Because it takes it takes two to tango, and I get it. But if you respected the woman and told her, look, I don't want to have sex. I want to cherish your mind. I want to cherish your your heart. I want to see if we can build a relationship for the rest of our lives. Because if you do, and 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 we find that we can be compatible and and oh, and, and love wanna, each other for okay, for wanna, for our heart and soul, then we'll have all lines, them all the play, sex we want if you forever until lines, we die. Hang on here. If you want to play along those lines, then uh, the woman maybe should respect herself and not be provoc- provocative. It, that my point is the woman has. Lo- less self-control no. than a man. What? Yes, because they don't do it because they want to do it. They get turned out. Okay, do you know what that means? They get turned out. They get a boyfriend, and all this guy wants to do. Girls don't. Girls don't start by saying, "I got a screw." Okay, guys do. All right. So when guys start I, by saying, these, "I got a screw," days, I Omar, stop. These days, I girls. Girls do not start by saying, I need to get laid. I need to lose my virginity. I'm sorry. Okay? Guys start. Guys say, I want to stick my something in somewhere. I need to do it now. Okay? I, I totally disagree well, these days. What do you want me to you tell you? You know why? I'm going to tell you why. Why? Women's lib. Okay. Women's liberation. Okay. What does okay. that mean? What does that what does mean? a 13, 14 year old know about liberation? It's because now nowadays it's ingrained in them through media, especially media through TV. Omar, through I'm not doubting that. I'm not doubting that. hundred percent. But if we combat that with the church and the teaching of the church, the church is doing what they can. How? When was what? Has there? Is it said in masses in the youth groups? Are they talking about having sex before marriage? Of are they doing they do. it? Of I, I don't know. They do. I don't know of any. Of you know, course I, they do. I, I hear about I'm, it all the time. If I don't know, if if well, let me you give know, you some examples. Shed some light on this. Yeah, let me give you some examples. Okay, so this past Sunday, Father Andrew was doing mass at uh, Holy Cross. Yes, he started clowning on the girls who dress provocatively and the guys. He said <laughs> funny things because he goes, he started actually making fun of the guys, especially he's like, he goes, uh, you know, you guys don't need to dress provocatively. You don't need to dress a certain way here and then dress a certain way when you're out of the church. You know. I don't agree with it. Okay. And then he goes, he's like, okay, bro, we get it. You lift. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Have you heard any of the priests ever say, ladies, we need to stop having sex. Guys, you need to stop having sex with our Chaldean woman. Have you heard that in any of of the sermons or anything like that? I've heard that a lot of times. Okay. I have never heard that in any sermon as far as a Chaldean Catholic sermon, as far as having uh, premarital sex. I've not heard that. So I, you know, maybe you go to mass, you know, frequently as, you know, religiously every week. So I don't, you know, and I just, I just think, I mean, I think the guys, I think the guys need to get the filth out of their head. No, I think the girls need to get it just as much as the guys these days. I, I don't know about that, Omar. I think the girls are precious. They're jewels and there are princesses. And, you have to treat princesses like princesses. Right. Well, I mean, hey, listen. We only have we only have our girls. It's, it's the, these days. They are they are going days, to be someone's days, future it's the guys wife. Who are the princesses. They are someone's daughter. These days, it's the guys who are the princesses. Well, 
Well, you know, it's kind of interesting, like um, what you're talking about, because. Uh, by the way, Omar, what's the number again to call in? Three four seven eight five seven three eight four seven. Uh, it's interesting because I'll see. I'll agree with you, Omar, that it kind of goes both ways. Because I'll see guys complain that girls are materialistic, yet they pull up in a Mercedes or they're wearing super expensive clothes, yet they'll complain that the girls like expensive things. And it's just, like I said, it's a weird dynamic all the way around with stuff. Uh, it it kind of runs both ways, that, that pop culture, look at me kind of deal. So, I don't know, Omar, what do you think about that? Oh, I, I totally agree um, with you, Mark. And like I said, I think the whole, you know, our women and, and our men have adhered to the, you know, to the general American culture. And in the general American culture, uh, women are becoming dominant in a lot of aspects. There's no way around it. And there's no two ways about it. It's, it's real. You know, and a lot of times, like I said, and even in our community, I will say it publicly, the women, I mean, in the old cliche saying, the women wear the pants. The women, I mean, in certain situations, that's always been the case, you know. Uh, but but it's definitely increased. And um, Well, women's lib, and that's an interesting one, too, because you could talk about uh, women's lib, but don't you think that part of the reason that the women are getting, uh, that they, you know, of course, it's more important for a woman to get an education and to, build their own career. It's kind of like a double-edged sword because it's a great thing because you have to be, you know, God forbid you get divorced. It's remember, you know, back in the day, if even if the husband did a lot of bad things, a lot of times the wouldn't, wouldn't, the woman would not leave him because, you know, let's say she couldn't make it on her own. She could, she couldn't have a job to make it on her own. Now they're going to, you know, they're a woman gets educated, gets a great career. And it's kind of like a protection almost against uh, in case you marry somebody who changes. Oh, I totally agree with you. And, you know, for the sake of clearing things up, I am all for women becoming independent, women becoming educated. I'm absolutely all for that. Okay. What I was the only reason I brought this up is to because Steve is deflecting blame from them and focusing mostly on the guys in terms of morality and ethics. I totally disagree with that because of the fact that women have become so independent and so liberated and so educated. They're not blameless. They're not guiltless. Omar, you're, by, talking not about, you're talking about adults. I'm talking about the youth. It's okay. The same thing. It's not the same thing. It's a girl doesn't thing. know. A girl doesn't know where, where her, where her mind is at when she's 13, 14 Neither does a guy. Old. They're all influenced by the media and TV. Then if I you want to go there, I understand that. But a guy is more mature in his head as far as sexual actually, orientation. Actually, than a woman. No, actually, actually, women in general are more mature than men. Definitely. That's fine. But as far as sexual orientation, that's not mature. That's, that's a guy thinking. That's with different. His, you exactly. Know that's not that's not that's exactly what I'm trying to say. Okay, but women women these days are a lot of them are thinking that way too. Again, they're influenced by the Kim Kim Ukhra Kardashians. Oh my <laughs> god, know, that mean, was on, that is Seriously. that is quite possibly the worst thing to ever happen to this world. Is hey, that you know, Bill is that family for uh, Bruce Jenner to get a sex change operation? That is quite possibly. <laughs> and I'm not just talking about Kim. Look at her sisters. Are you kidding me? What the hell is going on there? All these girls now want to be like Kendall and 
but I don't know. Whatever the hell her you name know, is. I, again, this could, this is part of our community's pop culture mentality. Yep. It's no. horrible. Do yeah. we do you cancel cable and go back to two four seven? Do you take away the iPhones? You can't do anything. Do you no unplug what you your do, computers? The problem is, no matter what you do, you do cancel the internet problems. at home. What do no, you do? You can't. You can't do anything. Why not? You They'll understand because, later when they're 23, 24, Steve, and they have a great life. Like cavemen, then. Yeah. Well, what we did. So what are you saying? We were living like cavemen. Is that what you're saying? Up until no. 20 years ago, we were cavemen. No. Okay. I, so what what's your is, point? Are you are you uh, are you implying that we should go back to living as cave people? Absolutely. <laughs> what? Absolutely. You want to ride horses too? You know what? Instead of driving cars. If you could take back what we had 25 years ago, if you can go back to that, okay. Our community would be 10 times stronger. Okay. That's the main point here. With all this promiscuity going around, I can only hope that the second generation learns and they become great parents with their two, three, four year olds and five year olds and six year olds. You should be able to look at your daughter or son and just take a smell of them and see what's going on. Well, okay? I agree with you. Yeah. That's one thing that I've always said. The bad side of tech, the technology is good side is here. It's great for networking for businesses. It's great for medicine. It's great for it's great for crime and raising awareness and different things. But the darker side for me of technology, you know, like social media, smartphones use, all this other stuff is it's it's demoralizing and desensitizing people. Yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely, again, it's just like anything else, right? It's like alcohol. Either you could drink a nice glass of wine with your dinner or you could chug a bottle of whiskey. So the, it's your usage. It's not the item itself. It's your use of the item. It's like the, a gun, right? Great for protection, but obviously there's idiots that get them into their hands. Right, so. and, the, and the sad thing is that by nature, humans tend to misuse most everything. Well, I mean, a human is definitely an obs and a more obsessive compulsive creature. Right. And that's why casinos exist. Yep. Because they know. They and that's know. what makes advertising successful too. Yeah. You know. I mean, uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a very tricky, complex. And you know situation. what too? Another thing too, as your kids grow up, you'll find like, you know, you find out anybody who says that my kid is not going to do this and my kid is not going to do that. And I'll never let my kid look. It's like a it's like a blossoming flower as they get older. It just you know, every kid matures at a different age. Every kid wants to some kids want to grow up 100 miles an hour and some kids want to stay kids longer than they're supposed to. So you can't gauge when somebody's going to get involved with things or do things or whatever, you know what I mean? And you, you know, anybody, anybody who tells me my kid this and my kid that, they have no clue till they get to that point. Well, I mean, anybody with that attitude, in my opinion, is setting themselves up for disaster with their kid because they're obviously blinding their own self, you know, and creating their own naivety in terms of what their kid and, you know, what their kid will or won't do because that's like being in a fight. You walk in and overestimate or underestimate your opponent, and that's how you get your ass whooped. Actually, you know what it's like, Omar? It's like... It's like uh, it's like fighting like a, a real strict type of fighting, like a karate or a judo or something, as opposed to – but then you walk in the ring and there's a street fighter. You don't know how to handle them. <laughs> it doesn't matter how much preparation you have. You don't know what you're going to – you don't know what you're getting into later. Yeah, and there's still, there's still a matter of underestimation. 
You know, you're still underestimating. And that's the same thing. Oh, my kid is an angel. They'll never do this. They'll never do that. No, oh, you're yeah. wrong. You're underestimating your kid. And that's how you're just setting yourself up and your kid up for disaster in the future. Yep. You know? That's uh, that's my take on that. We got, honey. We, uh, we got a caller on the line. Honey. Hello. Hello, honey. Hello, hello. Many with, many with. How are you? Hello. That's Rafa. No, we're talking about dating, honey. Hello. We're we're talking we're talking about dating, honey. Dating. يعني بناثه ممنون ببلاطه خامد خنا ايه 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 Schedule did Maha. Did Mushul Mani image Mahkutu Bahsay? Maybe in two weeks, honey. Okay, make that. You got it. Thank you for calling, honey. Okay. Thank you. Okay. That was uh that was honey. Uh, honey was interesting. <laughs> Damn, is that real? Sounded uh, legit. I don't know. Sounded like he was old school. He had the dialect down. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, anyways, the um. Back to the uh, the topic at hand, which was dating. Um. I don't know, Mark. Do you ever hear the priests talk about this during mass? Dating. I mean, dating. You know. Morality, Not, sexual intercourse. You know. No, well, it's it's. Think about it. What a, um, I mean, think about this in our community. What a, like, it's almost kind of humorous when you think about it. We preach. Again, I'm not saying right or wrong, or whatever, but this is what we do. We preach anti-sex everything, right? right. And when you get married, they're like, "You got a baby coming yet?" <laughs> it's like. They go, you go from anti-sex to wanting, you know, they, they, you, the day you get married, they want you to start screwing like rabbits. Well, so it's like a, like a paradox, you know. But the old school are kind of hypocrites. They, uh, they were like one-sided. They preached anti-sex for the women, but for the guy, he was a, he was a baller for doing it. You know, it's like he was complimented. You know, oh yeah, he's a, he's a player. You know, he's, it's like he was, you know, commended for it. I think and uh. If you really want to be technical, uh, the Bible doesn't discriminate. It doesn't say men can go and do it and women can't. You know? But, like I said, uh, just, you know, in general, the community always frowned upon women for doing it before. But the man was never frowned upon. Yeah, I mean, that is a weird... That's always been a thing that's irritated me. Like, when I was growing up, my dad had the exact same rules for the boys and the girls. Didn't matter. Same curfew, same everything. And it's just like such a hypocritical thing when they say, well, il brona, il brona. I'm yeah. like, 
no, I didn't like that, man. If, if I don't know, I just uh, I don't feel like there should be two sets of rules. I totally agree. Because then you're, like you said, you're dealing with hypocrisy. And you're going to piss the women off, too. You know? Especially yeah. with the women's lib, so. <laughs> yeah. Well, like I said, women's lib, in a way, like I said, oh, they almost they almost have to have it to have a certain amount of independence. And, and because you know and I know these days, it's not like it used to be with, you know, people changing like I said, I'm all for it, dude. Yeah. You know, I only I only brought it up to to refute uh, Steve's uh, attack on Chaldean males. <laughs> Omar, I'm one of them. So if anything, I'm attacking myself. Okay. I'm just saying, if I was a father, and I had you know a couple daughters, couple sons, I would definitely instill in my son's mind that. Your sisters, they're princesses. And you if you want to keep your head up and raise your head up and, and, and be proud of your sisters and not have anyone talk about your sisters in the community, you do the same thing. You don't sit here and screw around with, with our women. Okay? And that's how it starts. So one by one by one, one by one by one, you know, when, when it's time to find a nice, you know, person to, to marry or, or, you know, there'll be so many wonderful, beautiful girls to marry and and you know, just you, be proud you're of. You're living in La La Land. It's not La La Land. Okay. It's a fairy tale. We get to start over every generation. You, you look at everybody okay. as Princess Prince Charming and Cinderella. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's how you're looking at it. Well, you know, <laughs> until I have children, that's when that's when I'll know in the next you know 20 years, 21, 22 years, if I get started in the next couple, two, three years, and in 21, 22 years, I'll know, and times will change. But you know what? My mentality of seeing it at its worst will not, because I've seen I've seen videos on Instagram of, you know, Chaldean but that's girls. That's the majority. I still. It don't. is the majority. There are oh, so God. many Snapchats and so Wait, many okay, things out the there that you Let, see. Let's be be clear. What are, what are you talking about? Seeing videos of what? Seeing videos of girls just you know, in really provocative you know poses and situations, topless, bottomless, um, you know. Actual, but you really actual think that's the majority? Sex. Okay, well, do you? I, I, that's do what you, I think. I think it's you, at least half. Yeah. Do you? Do you? Wow, I man, I'm are you? Are you seriously questioning that the majority? Yeah. You have to wake up and smell the Folgers, Mark. Okay, it's running about the rampant. Okay, I don't. I don't know. Well, either one, they're both sold at Heartland, right? Yeah, it's it. No, really, I. I it's, look. It's, it's, it's never been. Horrible. But the thing is, it's. It's, I don't think the percentage is higher. I just think now that it's that we have media and cell phones where everything's getting caught, that it's more. But I think all the stuff always went on. I don't think that it's something new. I, it's, that part I disagree with. I, like I said earlier, I believe that openness breeds acceptance because it is because it is becoming open through cell phones and, and media and whatever. So be, people are becoming desensitized to it. So the more desensitized they get, the more accepted it becomes because the less shame they feel about doing it. What do you think about that, Mark? Less shame, you said? The more accepted? Yeah, it's a, the, the openness of it, you know, makes it feel, makes it become more accepted on a subconscious level. Well, like I told you, it's just everything has become more accepted. If you look at it from, uh, from you know, alcohol to uh, weed 
to whatever. It's well, just, alcohol it, was always accepted. Like, no, but, but it's become, but it's become, it's accept. Now things are accepted in a different way. There's a, like people always drank, but now, like I said, it's become designer. They've made everything a designer way, whether it be, you know, they found a way to make it fashionable to do the things that are going on now as compared to before. Yeah, but I, I don't think alcohol can be compared to the acceptance of weed or the acceptance of promiscuity because those two, those two were more, um, were, were less accepted and were, I mean, you know, in the 80s, marijuana wasn't te technically wasn't legal. You know, promiscuity, I mean, it wasn't really... Yeah, it was done, but uh, it was definitely not as open as today. And because of the, to me, in my opinion, because of the lack of openness, there was less acceptance of it. So by less acceptance, people were more shameful of doing it because they were worried about getting caught. I, mean, I think you hit it on the nail. You know, I think you hit that one on the nail because you mean the nail on the head. Yeah, because like he said, <laughs> if you if you. If you were if you were ashamed of what you were going to do if you got caught, you you think three times three times four times. That's why. That's what that's why I was just saying that everything's accepted now. I mean, if like I said, you look at these things that you know are not good for you. You know they're not, but for some reason they've just become like commonplace. Listen, bottom line, bottom line. If I was a father, okay, if I was a a father, I'd be so disappointed in my daughter. If I found out she was, you know, going down on guys at 14 or 15 or she tried it or she had sex Obviously at 16, Obviously, no parent 17, wants that, dude. I would I mean, be, I, I'd feel so bad. Like, I'd feel like I, I, I failed in my life. I'd actually be depressed because it, for wait, the rest wait, of my life. So which parent wouldn't feel like that unless they wouldn't were feel like that, dude? I, that's why I'm just so, so scared to have a child in this, in this world just because of that. It's just so weird. It's like, how do you get over that? How do you get, how do you assimilate to the, you know, quote unquote, Western culture when we have our own and our own is primarily a Catholic culture, a Catholic religion type of uh, uh, culture. And from the beginning in Tulkepa, they used to put out white flags. Okay. With the blood of the woman after sex. Oh. Okay, and they used to put it outside their door, and that would be a, a celebration that this girl was a, a, a pure, you know, and, and people would celebrate, and it would be a party. Don't you think that's kind of stupid too? That, that's pretty disgusting. To be it's not that's, disgusting. That's barbaric. It's not barbaric. That's so stupid. It's, it's, so it's stupid. a it's a badge of honor. A what? Yeah. That's a badge of barbarism. What are you talking about? Barbarism. Yes. What's, what's it? Yeah, clean up a little blood and put it outside? Of tissue, man. Hey, come on, man. I hit the lotto, right? You hit the lotto. Sure. I mean, that's not the lot. I don't dude. know, that's, dude. That's I'm just not. Stupidity. I just. I'm not that old school. Hey, so, as far as like putting a sheet out there, that's like to the extreme, man. That's a little thing. Uh, a handkerchief, you know. Well, I mean, whatever. Thank God we can't time travel. I don't want to see that. Yeah. And then again, I don't see anything. So. Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna, just saying. We're gonna take a little break. When we come back, we're gonna talk about. Uh, marijuana and the legalization of it we'll be back big o productions one of michigan's premier recording studios offers many great services piano lessons on hold phone messages custom commercial jingles professional studio recordings just to name a few 
We offer the highest quality at affordable prices. Contact Omar Benu at omarbenu at gmail.com. That's O-M-A-R-B-I-N-N-O at gmail.com. You can also find Omar Benu's work at www.bigoproductions.net. That's www.bigoproductions.net. Heartland Marketplace, located at the corner of 12 Mile and Farmington Road in Farmington Hills, is a full-service supermarket with a meat department featuring Tender Ridge Angus Beef. We also have fresh chicken, lamb, and seafood. A deli with boar's head lunch meats awaits you, fresh salads and sandwiches, and even a bakery with homemade hand-filled donuts, custom cakes, muffins, cookies, and scones, made by our bakers fresh every morning. Once you try our fresh donuts, nothing else will ever do. Fill your refrigerator with fresh produce and take advantage of hundreds of specials throughout the store. Are you a beer connoisseur? Check out our amazing selection of craft beers along with a wide variety of wines. And don't forget to pick up a rewards card to earn free goods while you shop. Family owned and operated, proud to serve the community and here to bring you the best in service and quality. Heartland Marketplace, we're here for you. Looking to sell your property? Looking to purchase a property? Commercial? Residential? Rentals? Vacant land? Oakland Real Estate Associates. Over 30 years experience. Let one of our professional realtors guide you through the whole process. You could find us at www.getyouahouse.com. That's www.getyouahouse.com. You can reach us at 248 248- 799-9997 Oakland Real Estate and Associates Relax, you're almost home
we're back. That was a good break. And um, Mark, what's going on at Heartland? Anything? Uh, any Three-day sale this weekend, man. Come in and get it while it's hot. Three-day sale? Yeah. Yeah, this nice. weekend, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Nice. And what time are you guys open till on the weekdays and weekends, Mark? Uh, 7 a.m. till 10 p.m., seven days a week. All right. So there's no change during the weekends and in hours. Nope. No changes seven days a week. And uh, we I know that uh, now that Hillers has sold out to Kroger, that they're uh, running down the store. So come on down to Heartland. You can still get fresh meats, produce, deli, in-house bakery. And I got to say, man, I... Uh, I, um, you know, I buy my meats from, from Heartland and excellent, excellent stuff. My brother Junior actually made me some burgers a, a while ago with some uh, 90% lean sirloin, and they turned out awesome. I mean, so great products, great meat, great service. Go to Heartland at 12 in Farmington. You know, so. Thanks, Big O. We'll make sure we keep you guys happy, man. Hey, Big man. O loves that jerk turkey. <laughs> Boar's head jerk Boar's turkey. Head jerk turkey. Yeah, it really is. It's it's uh, it's awesome meat, man. And so, uh, is Junior joining us or what? Junior. Oh, Junior. Five minutes. Junior is hey. on a conference call right now. He'll be here in five minutes. He's in the he's in the second room here in the sound sound check room. He'll be here in five minutes to shed uh, his expertise he's his makeup situation. Done. He's what? Getting his makeup done. <laughs> he's getting his makeup done, guys. <laughs> So, um, marijuana is, uh, is a topic that's, you know, been in, in the news, you know, in different sources of media and, you know, different, uh, ways in people's lives over the last several years, you know, I think it was in, uh, I believe it was 1997 where the whole issue became, you know, came up of legalizing it, uh, for medicinal purposes, wasn't it? I don't know what year that was. That came up for medicinal. I think it. I think it uh, passed in two thousand and eight. Yeah, but I think it was first, very first talked about. I believe I was reading in nineteen ninety seven or so, is when it first started. You know, just kind of scratching the surface of, of being discussed and being talked about. And uh, it wasn't in the two thousand and eight or so that it finally was starting to become legal in in some states. You know, for medicinal purposes. Um, but of course that. You know, a lot of people are fighting to get it legalized on a federal level and just, you know, legalized the same way alcohol is, so for recreational purposes. And so, you know, we want to hear what people think in terms of should that be done? I mean, uh, what are the pros and what are the cons, you know, of of that happening if if it should ever happen? You know? Are you asking me? Yeah, I'm asking both of you. I'll have let you, ever, go have you ever smoked marijuana, Omar? I've tried it. Mark? Nope. Mark? Never. I'm not going to put him under a lie detector. You can put a Bible under my hand. Oh, wow. No, I, I mean, I, I've known Mark for a long time, and I know Mark's character, and I will vouch what do you? Mark. What do you think about it, Mark? Were you just not interested in doing it, or were you just caught up in the, uh, the, uh, this, the actual marijuana is bad for you campaign? You know, I'm just not, I just, look, it doesn't take, I don't have to find out for myself that it's not good for me. I just don't. Okay. It's just like, I don't drink. It just doesn't do anything for okay. me. It's That's fair. Everyone, everyone, you know, I guess that that would be 
um, as far as poisoning your body, putting but let poisons me say in one your thing. body. Let me say, I'm not against it for medicinal purposes. If okay. somebody needs it medicinally, I'm not against that because I do understand that like there's cancer patients or people that are in severe pain all the time that do need it. But as far as recreational, no. Well, Mark, when I did it, it helped me see straight. <laughs> um, Junior's joining us. Junior's off the conference call. Junior. Hey, Junior. Thank you. Thank you very hey, much. Thank you very much. What's happening? Oh, man. What a long uh, day. I'm B. How's everybody doing? Good? Cool, cool. How about you, man? Oh, good, good. Got to listen to you guys a little bit on the outside. So, um, second half topic, how's it going? What have you guys discussed so far? What are we into right now in this? Anything? Uh, just we, the, just, we just started talking about it. Did you? Okay. Yep. Okay. What's everybody's thought so far? I mean, what's uh, some of the stuff you guys think? Now, just, I mean, just for the for the sake of... Well, Steve took a little survey and asked me and Mark if, if either of us has tried it. Well, for the for the sake of, let's get, let's get it straight here. This isn't here to advocate, like doing this or doing drugs, any type of drugs or anything on this show. So, I mean, this isn't something to say, hooray, because since 2009 that we voted here as the people of the state of Michigan to allow it here as um, patients and caregivers to take care of these patients. So, again, it's not to say, yes, this is what it's for. This is to enlighten, to say, where is this leading to? This is something that used to be so taboo we couldn't talk about it, right, when we were younger. Um, now it's something it's, I think what's brought to light that we got to open these conversations, right? It's got to be spoken in, um, to your children more often because you see cannabis on things that you wouldn't see before, you know? Um, and, and let's be real. The smell is around a little more often than we used to smell it 20 years ago. So, so, I mean, it is something that is now, ha now do does have to be discussed in, uh, in the household, um, how do you discuss it? I guess let's start with that. And what do you discuss about it when the kids do ask, or if you do have to explain to the kids? I mean, is there anything that, you, that any approach you've seen, Mark? I mean, since you do have children that you've, uh... I basically tell them I beat the shit out of them. Okay, that's my. I have a pretty straightforward approach. So and <laughs> you hit him over the head with a guitar. I I like that approach. Steve trying to. I really I really like that approach. It really is my straight approach. I'm I like very straightforward about stuff with my kids about certain things. What do you do, Mark? You hit them over the head with a guitar? Yeah, pretty much. Well, <laughs> well, do they? I mean, do, in regards to the to them asking you, or have, or did you? Was it brought to your attention, or did you bring it to their attention? Is the question? Because I mean, nowadays it's so much more open that that it's almost like uh, if they did bring it to your attention, you can't really be disturbed like you would be as before. No, I think it's because at a young age in grade school, they have the, uh, I don't know what it's called. There's all these like anti-drug things that they give them in school. So they ask questions at a very young age, which is good. And then I answer them with, you know, basically, like I said, my militant style of, <laughs> of saying that, you know, if you want to live, don't touch it. You know, so, and I know uh, sometimes maybe that's not the approach, but. Sometimes just being straightforward and not beating around the bush or saying, I don't want I don't want them to get any hint that I approve of them trying it. Well, let's talk first about some of the stuff that's the past and that's changed and evolving for the present in this. Um, if you don't know, I'll explain it to you. And um, it's a schedule one drug is how they have it labeled. Um, how intense that is. 
Um, my opinion and the opinion of many others, that's why it's swaying so much more um, towards uh, legalizing it now than it was back then. To say to say to make this a Schedule One drug and label this under heroin. What does that mean, Schedule One? All right, Schedule One drug. Um, it's um, a drug, a, a substance, chemical is defined as drugs. They have no currently accepted medical use, and um, is very potential for high abuse. Um, I mean, amongst that, it's listed. You have heroin, LSD, um, cannabis, which is marijuana, meth. Um, peyote, which is like a, uh, uh, almost like an ecstasy, but, or hallucinogen. It's a lot stronger, but to classify that it was done, uh, I think it was the sixties, if I'm not mistaken. See the problem since then till now is you can't, um, know this can be used as, as medicinal as it, as it can, because you can't have research behind it. That's the problem. So you have people like Sanjay Gupe from uh, CNN. I don't know if you um, keep up with that. If you look him up, he's a huge, huge known name for them as a journalist. Has been on his own. He's been exposing it. Um, he was a naysayer for a long time and went on his own and paid for his own um, uh, journalism to travel and find out the uh, medicinal side of it. What is what is some of the stuff that's been recorded and paid for by his people? And he's actually more of a believer now for that. So when you were saying in regards, I am not um, against it, right, Mark? You, for medicinal, you, I'm not against. Correct. It. Yep. And and I'm a and I'm a believer of that too. It is it is to the point there is for that. Yes, there's rec recreational, of course. I mean, let's let's let me, let's let's lose the example of when I was younger. My mom would make um, a little bit of brandy and honey and lemon, right? And she would mix it, and, and if it worked, it worked, you know, for me, calmed my cough down. But I also could take that same brandy and turn it for recreational and have a glass of brandy and drink it, right? So it's 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 that, that essence, like how are we going to perceive cannabis if it's evolving like this to say the same essence? Are we going to look at it as alcohol? Are we going to look at it as anything else that's going through prohibition, right? So is it going to evolve to something different? Yeah, and anything, anything like that. I don't. I don't. We're, again, we're not condoning to sit out there and go a kick out on your porch and smoke a fat one, and that's what we're talking about here. We're talking more or less like I am seeing this now. My niece is 16 years old. I mean, five years ago, there was no way we could talk this kind of conversation. And nowadays, you know, my brother-in-law is a banker, and we have to talk about this stuff. And we talk to me. It's just to me, you know, how do these? How you know? There's all these now. These these rules and regulations against this and that, but. Colorado is selling the stuff legally, but they have a problem. You can't even put it in the bank. You know, the money can't even go into the bank. So it's like it's such an odd moment in history right now. Only thing I can say is it's coming. And if there's a possible way you can be pro in it and do something pro efficient with it, do it. It's bringing jobs right now as well, too. You know, um, I might be talking a lot of over, over you guys right now in this because let me give you a little background. Um, we do, um, I have a hydroponic store that we did when this law took place and changed. And I felt like, you know, I, I'd be on the side of the fence that would sell the picks and the shovels. Okay. We're selling the nutrients, the lights, and all the other stuff that has to do with um, growing indoor, whatever it is, whether it be cannabis or whether it be um, 
growing anything from fruits, vegetables, truth be told. So uh, it's there. And um, we we help the community. There's people that actually help it. I believe it or not, have guys that are major corporations that do this stuff and help out wives who have MS and other type of diseases and ailments that, that help them with it. But then again, I do see the side that uses it for recreational. Um, how do you fight that, right? Like anything else, you're just going to stop them, whether you're using a Vicodin to heal your knee or if you're just taking it because you're having a bad day. You know, you're going to have to figure a way to stop that just like you did by educating them. Mark, I like your approach. Beat their ass. <laughs> That's easy. I mean, look, I don't need somebody to tell me that when I look at a, a gas stove and it's lit up, I don't need somebody telling me, don't put your hand on there. It'll burn. I don't have to find out for myself. Um, I don't know, man. It's it's such a tricky situation because, like you're saying, it's some states have it legal. So now your kids are asking, well, it must not be bad because, you know, Dad, this state has it legal or whatever. I'm like, no, it's bad. It's just like anything else, you know. But again, it's it's a it's a strange time. There. So what do you do then? Like, let's just say theoretically, the government makes it legal. Now, what do you tell your kids? That's another big problem. What do you tell your kids once they say it's legal? Well, it's well, what do you tell your kids, you know, about alcohol being legal? It's kind of the same thing. And based on all the studies that I've read, uh, indicate that marijuana is less harmful than alcohol. Well, Omar, if you remember, I was saying it to Mark. Um, you walked away for a second. But I don't know if, if mom did this when you were younger. I know she did it for me, but. There was times when, like, we'd have heavy coughs on our chest and stuff. We'd put a little brandy and lemon and honey. Oh, yeah. So it's like, in in essence, with that, I mean, so couldn't I take that same brandy a few years later and turn that into a casual drink? They put Numi Balsa on it, too? (laughs) Yeah, they did. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they did. But do you get my point, though? It's called called a hot toddy. Yes. I I wish somebody would call in right now and start talking about this, because I know these young kids, they're all going to call. I mean, we hear this often. Man, shit, marijuana is not bad, man. Man, just make it legal and smoke. And it's like, no, dude, that's not the point. We're not, we're not saying it's just go, 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 just so you can sit there and just be stoned all day. The reality is, you got to be awake and 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 and, and alert. I have not say I've heard somebody die of a car accident or or some overdose of of doing this pot, but at the same time. You, there's not enough research, right, guys, to be able to say has something happened. Um, so a few, maybe about a year ago, I'd say, a year and a half ago, a couple sheriffs from a sheriff department, um, I forgot which state it was. Um, I can look it up and try to find it. They took three people, um, and those three people that they took, they started them off driving sober. It was a teenage girl. It was an, um, a mid-aged gentleman and an older man in his, in, in his uh, 60s. And they had them drive sober. Then they had them take a, a peace pipe, a bowl, and smoke a first hit out of it, right? And then put them back on the road and tested them again to drive it to see how they drove. And then they had them smoke another couple hits to see the intensity of it, what, what each one of them does. The, no matter how any of them were, the outcome was they were not a, ha- they were not a hazard on the road. That was the major thing that that sheriff's department got to see. But the problem is you can't tell the intensity of how high these people are when they are driving. What my body is, what Mark's body and Omar's body is, that's the problem. Some of the situations that they're coming up with. Right, Mark? So 
Michigan State Police Academy, for example, they're going to say, how does how do we know Omar right now currently can smoke X amount, even though he's visually impaired and may have glaucoma or whatever maybe that falls under this category, right? They don't know. They can't tell. Or they they may say, for example, you know, you you're, you're, they pull you over, you're, you're stoned. There, there's not a measurement of it like there is with alcohol and all that. That's been some of the issues they're tackling out right now. Why the push for legal is not there yet because there's so much still behind it. Okay. Right now we have uh, David from California on the line. David. Uh, hello. How's everyone doing? Hey, Hi, Dave. What's up, What's buddy? up, man? Yeah, so, um, yeah, I was just listening into the program. I, uh, you know, I, so I was just hearing you guys talking about some of the problems with, you know, just, you know, just some of the more social and, uh, social problems with marijuana and just some of the more legal problems. But uh, one thing that I kind of wanted to throw in is, I mean, something that we've seen a lot here in Los Angeles. Ever since we started opening up a lot of these, uh, ever since, you know, medicinal marijuana became Dave, legal. Dave, Dave, real quick, have you have you smoked marijuana before? Never. I have never smoked anything okay. in my life. Um, I'm actually against smoking in general. I'm actually even against tobacco, marijuana, you name it. How about drinking? Drinking? I mean, I have... I mean, I, you know, I, I drink every here and there. I'm not a big fan of... I mean, I don't drink, like, all the time, but every here and there. Like, like with Sam, he was in L.A. a few weeks ago. I had a beer with him. Okay. So, I mean, yeah. But, I mean, you know, I, that's about it. I just every here and there. I'm not a big fan of that either. It's just most of that stuff, I usually just creep away from it. I don't, I'm not okay. a big fan of it. But, but uh, anyway, um, yeah, one of the things I wanted to really actually, like, like we had an election in 2010 to legalize marijuana here in California, and it didn't pass, but I think we're going to have it again in a couple of years. What proposition is that? I'm sorry, so, so you can clarify that. What, what proposition is that? Because a few of them have failed, and a few of them have been sticking around. So I forgot what the number was. It was in the 2010 um, uh, California elections. I think it was the same time. It was, it was during the same election that we were electing a new governor. That's when Jerry Brown became governor, but... Uh, I forgot what the proposition number is. I'm, I'll, I'll look it up. Do you want me to look it up right now? No, no, no. It's okay. Just just if you want to clear them with the prop is what? What does it clarify for? Is it for the dispensaries or was it just to do what Colorado was doing just so we, you know, we were aware basically of what? Just basically what Colorado was doing because we already have dispensaries right now. Okay. We already, it's already medicinal. There's, there's dispensaries, there's clinics that serve it all the time, but you need a card for that one apparently. You, know, you need and a if I'm not mistaken... Card. You guys have been what sixteen or seventeen years already in um, in motion with this, right? In California with marijuana, pretty much, yeah. Okay, but uh, it's it's gotten to it's got it got a lot heavier around the late two thousands. Around two thousand eight, we saw just a huge, rapid increase in like you know clinics and uh, medicinal marijuana, you know dispensaries, just these little corner stores. And now you can see them in every corner. You like literally drive one block and you'll see six of them. So is it like and, the South uh, Park episode where you can't get uh, you can't get Kentucky Fried Chicken because it's illegal, but you can get weed? Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> literally. I'm not sure. And the funny thing was, I was when I first started college in OA, I finished high school, I started going to college. All the kids like in your classroom, that's all they they would talk about. They'd be like, "Yeah, we got our card now. We're gonna go do this. We're gonna do that." And uh, you know, so one thing that, in my opinion, one one thing that I've noticed that it's really cut down on is um, is crime. Because before we used to have these clinics, most most people they used to get their marijuana from, uh, you know, gang members. They used to go down the street. They used to meet up with some guy standing in the corner, and he'd probably sell them, you know, some you know some kind of a drug. You know, you just sell them like a you know just a bag full of weed, and then they'd be over it. But at the same time, these guys were also working with like some really bad. You know, not, not that they were goody themselves, but they were working with like you know 
all these different local gangs that were working with all these bigger California-based gangs, and it's just it really it really benefited you know most of the, all these different criminal organizations here in California. So when these these medicinal medicinal marijuana dispensaries became more common, it reduced their business. And um, you know, of course, it actually you know, and, and after you know, and since a lot of their business was gone, they weren't they weren't operating in some of these areas here in Los Angeles. Like I live in the San Fernando Valley. Before we used to have big problems here, like with drive-bys. We used to have a lot of murders. You know, there was a lot of things like that. Like 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 this high school next to, uh, near my house that had a drive-by back in '93. Uh, Taft High School had one back in '04. That's just when I started high school. Um, so th- you know we had a lot of problems like that here, but they really cut down. And, and um, most of similar, it. Sorry, go ahead. Sorry, yeah, I was going to say uh, they, that's similar to the reaction right now cross country with what's going on with the cartel. The Mexican cartel has died down with that industry as well too because they can't even yeah. bring that over here because we've ta- you know we in the United States have tapped into that market with over 20 plus states that are now doing this you took that also away that's why it, it kind of sucks to say but it is almost reality is that's why you're hearing these situations of heroin coming around now you're hearing meth has been around more or less now um, these situations with Molly and all this other stuff that starts rising up because they have to now as your gangs and the and the cartel and all that loses one aspect of it. My friend, yeah. I hate to say it, is they're making it up somewhere else right now. So oh, that's true. At, yeah. At least and you know what the funny thing was. Um, sure. There was actually an episode of Simpsons that actually concentrated on that. Now that you mentioned that, like there was an episode in season eight when um, uh, Springfield outlaws alcohol. And when they outlaw alcohol, and then, you know, they just, you know, um, they're just showing them, you know, they're showing the police going to this um, uh, warehouse full of beer and whiskey, and they're just shooting, shooting all the barrels and the alcohol is pouring out. Uh, the mafia, you know, Fat Tony and his gang, they're saying, all right, we'll just stick to heroin then, if this, if alcohol is illegal. Yeah. So it's just kind of interesting. So it just, it just kind of came in my head right now. So. Yeah. No, but it's exact. That sucks, but that that is that is what has now infiltrated back into the United States is the dirty drugs is what we call them, the dirty drugs that have been coming in. Um, yeah. You know, it's uh. I I had a customer one time bring me an ointment that was made from from um cannabis using it because of my mm-hmm. arm. Um, I have bad arthritis and inflammation that happens to it. And I used it a few times. You know, he had me testing it. And it did work. It would take my pain away for about a good hour and a half to almost two hours. And inflammation wouldn't be as heavy. And, you know, I was testing it and doing the work for him. Let me let me give you just, a, guys, a couple of insights on, on some of the stuff that's out there on the pro side of it. Um, so, you know, if if, uh, if you want to hang on, Dave, if you want to listen and, and on this, just hang sure, on. Sure. We could have. OK, but Dave, thanks for calling in, though. Uh, OK, so. Okay. So, and again, you're, you're, you know, stay tuned to the show. Uh, thanks for calling no in. As well. Thanks. Hey, thanks yeah. OK, so bye bye, so, buddy. So so there's a couple of things that are out there that that um, so some guys um, have either created or done some research on some of their own. But there's stuff like, OK, Rick Simpson oil. Um, it's something that's out there. It was created by a um, a guy who supposedly helps cure cancer. That oil and tinctures, tinctures are what um, are um, drops that you can use that that you put under your tongue or like you use like a baby dropper. And they're either made with either 
um, cannabis or it can be made with real herbs like whether it's basil or use lavender, other things that will work. So they're called tinctures, right? These tinctures, um, some of the documentaries have shown that they have CBDs in them, cannabinoids that are in them. Okay, that that's what cannabis has on the medicinal side of it. Our body has also CBDs as well into it. When you take these and you combine the two, since our body has, and you're adding into what's needed, it goes after the cancer cells and it crushes them. That is the medicinal side of that, using it in that, in that form. The problem is when I interviewed an HIV cancer patient in Detroit, because we did a, uh, a documentary that we're starting to do on this. Um, he was one of the patients that we have a uh, video on. He stated the problem that he has as he's doing this because it's kept it at bay. He does this tincture and it's kept it at almost um, bay for the last five to six, seven years that, he, that he's been doing it. Um, because of lack of research, he can't know which level because you have almost 1,500 to 2,000 strains out here. Okay, of, of cannabis. Each one is going to do something different. Right. So he says, OK, well, I take this and I mix it with ginger and I mix it with turmeric and do this and do that. And it helps get it. Bit. But the problem is we don't know the levels of it, of what works for me to the next guy to know how much is needed. So in other words, what are, what are you saying is that like are the, the, these studies that come out and say marijuana is less harmful than alcohol, are they not accurate? You can't say if they're accurate or inaccurate. The problem is because it could be a study based by you and I. You and I went and paid for this and did this, and we don't qualify. We're disqualified as a credible source because it's not funded by the government. The government won't do this. Now, here's the kicker so you guys understand. Government's already in on this. They have, um, in, in history today, they have, if I'm not mistaken, three to six patients in the United States that they supply medical cannabis to that are the only registered patients to federal government that get canisters of medical marijuana that's made by the government shipped to them on, on, a, ba on a regular basis. Not to mention the government, the U.S. government holds the patent for THC. Correct. That, yeah, that, that too. They have a patent to that. And also, so you know, including, yes, I'm going to say it, Michigan State, whether they're going to admit it or not, it, it, is, it is known. I know professors that, that work with it on this behalf, and they're not the only college, but there is about another two, two to three other colleges in the country that actually grow cannabis with students and know and learn it to understand the levels of THC in there, which is what gets the person high. CBD is what it does, which is the actual reverse effect of it. So you guys understand THC is what gives you that stone effect. That's the side when you smoke it and you're just high and what have you. CBD is the is the elements of it that give you the medicinal part of it. For example, you have a girl, Charlotte's Web. If you guys ever um, look at that, look that up. Charlotte's Web was a documentary done um, by CNN, and that was based on the guys who created a strain called Charlotte's Web. It doesn't get you high. You can smoke it. You can smoke a pound of this stuff, and you're not going to get stoned one bit. It's got a high concentrated CBD in there. Okay, those cannabinoids. When when this girl smokes it, okay, and mind you, for the record, I do have people that are young in Chaldean that also do this who have seizures who use this, who went from 20 to 30 seizures a day who are down to maybe about four or five a day. And that is the same thing with the Charlotte's Web. They did that. They did that on their own. And this girl, this mom was in such dire need of helping her daughter out that she found these guys. These guys ended up getting in touch with her, got her flown in, had the kid try it, and it worked. 
And if you also want to know, too, there's a profitable side of this, which is being exposed right now. You can watch it on CNN at 10 p.m. They've made it a show every Sunday at 10 o'clock, and they're exposing the profitable side of it and, and where it can lead to. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I look at some truth behind it, man. I mean, if you if it's something that you can grow, you know, whether it's that or whether it's wheat grass, which is, you know, something that helps your blood and, and refill your blood chlorophyll, chlorophyll through your blood stream stuff, stuff like this. Why wouldn't Pfizer or any of these guys want it avoided? I got, like I told you before, I got no problem with it medicinally. Yeah. Because I know it has its medicinal benefits for people. Like I had a relative that was extremely ill with cancer. Yeah. And the only time he could sleep or mm -hmm. eat mm -hmm. is when he did that. Yeah. So like I told you, medicinally, medicinally, I don't have a problem with it. But yeah. it's, it's on the recreational level. I do notice that <clears throat> a lot of people that use it, they claim that they're recreational with it. They do it three and four times a day, and they, right. they claim they're not addicted, but they do it a lot of times a day. Which, you know, it, it does have it does have an addictive trait. I do agree with you. Um, in its way, if whether somebody wants to admit it, or not, not, not. I mean, not to say it's in the level of where where you're 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 an addict, like like how the harder drugs, and you've got to be admitted for that purpose and what have you. But it's like anything else; it can catch you. And you can get you addicted to it, and you can use it, and you can sit there and say to yourself, "I smoke it three, four times a week," and can quit and come back. But a year or two, two years later, if you come back to it, you, you're you're still somewhat addicted in its own way, you know, whether it be the feeling or whatever it may be. You know, I will say this: when I'm at a sporting event, yep. I'd rather sit next to a stoner than I would next to a guy who's drunk. Oh man, because the drunks are way more obnoxious, man. Obnoxious, and the oh, guy, man. and the guy, That's and the guy who's true. a stoner is sitting there knocking his elbow and saying, "You want some of my nachos?" Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's the worst of the worst. But you know, so yeah, I mean, if if um if a, if a, if we look at it today in our generation versus the generation in the past, the generation now that's now also taking over the politics. And, and the, the political side of all, everything is changed, especially in that aspect. They're saying, you know, we grew up with this. We went through high school with it and all that. It wasn't bad. You know, most of them did try it. And now they're sitting in office going, man, this, this shit does need to change. But it's, I guess, getting a grasp of how it's going to change. Here, here's for shits and giggles also another one. Um, there's two base models if you look at it cross country right now. There's Colorado. And there's Illinois right now. The country's sitting back right now, taking a look at the broad picture and saying, so we got the side that's doing some recreational along with medicinal purpose, taxing two different levels of taxes on it and giving it in the people's hand on a multi-level to be able to grow and dispense this. Illinois says, no, 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 we're coming conservative. What we're doing is we're going with minimal amount of people that we're giving licenses to. You've got to be so so selective of um, which doctors can actually prescribe this for the patients. And then you have um, smaller amounts of distribution points. So they're the more conservative state. We as Michigan are fighting it right now. There is a battle for it right now. There's a couple bills in play to legalize it. There is dispensaries right now. I don't know if you're aware of that or not, Mark. Omar, I don't know if, you're, if, you're, if you know what that is. Um, there, there, there are spots that are around right now. There's almost 300 spots in the state of Michigan right now that are dispensing marijuana to patients or caregivers who dispense to their, or I'm sorry, who, who uh, take care of their patients. So if people want to know and understand how this works, 2009, the bill was passed for us in Michigan to be able to either A, be a caregiver who is somebody who is responsible for growing cannabis and provide it to a patient, 
um, or B, you, you are the patient and either you find your avenue of getting your cannabis or, or you are growing it on your own. You still did have to go see a doctor. There still has to be um, uh, a script written up and it still goes through the state and what have you. So let me, okay, let's, let's cut through all this, this technical stuff. Let me ask you something. Sure. What <clears throat> you said earlier about the whole study thing and whatnot. So is the, are they, all these studies pretty much subjective? They're not really objective scientific data. I mean, so here, like, but like, what I'm getting at is this. Oh, uh, um. So, do you think? Do you believe that smoking weed is less harmful than drinking alcohol? Well, they've done studies of that. There's been pros and cons. Um, let's let's give you some of the results. Well, if you smoke pot at an early age, you don't. You can you can slow the development or or even not let it fully develop your brain. Your brain cells. Right. Yeah. So you run into that situation. Um, I mean, the the worst that you're doing is um, smoking products if you're doing it like that. And you can be running into situations of what people may have sprayed or your worst of worst is that you had powdery mildew or something on the actual product, which gives you upper respiratory infection if you're really bothered by it. But true essence, if um, smoking it does have carcinogens, I've yet to say that it leads to say cancer um it's it's not it i don't know i can't really say it to see that being as harmful as liquor liquor you've got liver you've got kidney i mean you've got the breakdown of what it does to your skin tissue and everything and aging and all that but so then how about hookah and how about oh how about hookah and how about cigarettes okay you can't compare the two in essence because those are injected with a lot of um, um additives um, they're, 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 um, hookah tobacco. Yeah. Hookah tobacco. Hookah. And, and also nicotine, you know, has a lot of addictive stuff. I mean, just recently they added so much more shit to, uh, cigarettes that if you left your cigarette sitting there, it's going to turn itself off. Uh, where before, if you left a cigarette sitting there, it would actually keep on burning. So just for that to become flame retardant like that, you got to imagine what's inside there that could be going inside your body. Um, Cannabis uh, is, I mean, you can ingest it too as well. That's that's another part of the medicinal value of it is that if you want to make it into edibles, you can do that. So it goes through your bloodstream. But don't you think it's kind of strange that they're so harsh on cigarettes, but they're so excited about getting everybody to smoke marijuana? Wait, say it again. Say that again. Here. Yeah, serious. Don't you think it's so weird the way they're so against smoking cigarettes, but everyone's so gung ho about getting people to smoke weed? Like you're saying, people to smoke. I don't. I don't know if they're saying it's a push for just to smoke the weed, but I mean to say of the evil of the two. It just reminds you, me of that South Park episode, like I said, where they banned Kentucky Fried Chicken because it's fried, but you can get marijuana for everybody. It's yeah. like this. So a Cartman ends up going to. On, on the black market and meets the colonel down in Kentucky and stuff to get it under under the table to get fried that. chicken. I remember that. But it's kind of like the same thing. It's so ridiculous what they're focusing on. To me, if you're going to do that... Who is they, though? Who, who, who the government. The government. And so, the people, the people, the, the people, what they're focusing on, all the things about smoking is bad, smoking is bad, but marijuana is good. Do you, do you, so do you think, Mark, do you think these studies and results are contrived? You know what? Like I told you before, you know, Figures lie and liars figure. You can make anything bent to whatever need that you make. I just think at the end of the day, it's going to come down to whether the people want it legalized or not. It, has not, it doesn't really matter to me what 
you know, the stats of what's addictive, what's not addictive. Everything's addictive. Sure. Gambling's addictive. Food Chips is addictive. Is addictive. <laughs> Everything's addictive. I'm saying, but it's just going to come down to whether the people, I mean, really realistically it comes down to a vote of whether the people want it or not. That's it. It's either there's going to be, you know, guys like me that think it's only for medicinal or it's going to be, you know, other people that think, yeah, everyone should just be able to get it and do it. So back again, it's just, it, it, I mean, this is not to say it's tapping into our community. It's tapping into every community. This is this is a national change right now. Believe it or not, it's a global change because a lot of the world is actually waiting to see what United States is going to do when it, when it comes to this right now. Even the likes of countries like Jamaica, who is well known for cannabis, is still waiting to see what what we will be doing because they want to see because it's going to make a change and it's going to bring a, a billion dollar industry to life. So are you in favor of legalizing it federally? Myself? Yeah, most definitely. Okay. Because, Steve? oh, sorry. No. Mark? Um, I mean, no, I don't want to I think, I think, uh, I think legalizing it has great responsibilities. Okay. So are you for that or against it? I would be for it. So you just said it had great responsibilities, but you'd be for it. What are some of these responsibilities you're talking about? Age limit, who gets their hands on it. Just like anything else. You're um, going to go through your limitations, just like cigarettes, like like liquor, any of that. You don't condone it. But if you talk to some of these people right now, you know they've had the, these kids get their access early to this stuff. I mean, so Mark, how come you're against it? For recreational? Yeah, I mean, alcohol. For medicinal, I'm okay. You know, I, I don't drink, so I don't even care if they banned alcohol. So it doesn't really matter to me. But I'm not saying anything. I, listen, I don't really care who does what. Uh, the only thing, again, I just think it's a gateway drug to other things. I really do feel like that. I know a lot of people are going to say say that it's not or whatever, but I do feel like it's a gateway drug. And I just feel like, you know, eventually. You're programmed with that. Because that's what substance one made you think by that. What I just read you earlier, you got programmed to uh, say that. No, it's nothing to do with that. I just feel like people that I've known that have used it have gone for a bigger high later on down the line and tried harder things. Some people don't, um, but it just feel I just feel like anything that inebriates the mind, you don't need it. You know, that's just the way I feel. It doesn't even have to be a scientific thing. It doesn't have to be like a stat. I just. I feel like that in general. I'd rather grab life by the horns the way it is and not have to be, uh, you know, how flying you, high with it. How do you explain it going from uh, seed to product? What? How do you how do you explain it going from seed to product and then being able to consume that product as, as opposed to alcohol where it has to be distilled and, and made and fermented in the whole shot? How do you You're explain saying one's more natural? One more, one's a more natural. Something way. that's so natural where a seed goes into the ground and just, you know, voila. Go uh, ahead. I'm not, I'm just cure, saying. Cure yourself, you know, alleviate your stress or alleviate your pain. As I think, opposed to I think it also dulls the hard drugs. I think it also dulls your mind. I don't think that the people that I know that use it, it's weird. They have this strange fog that kind of, it's kind of weird. This kind of like a foggy situation in their brain going on. And I noticed that they always have to have it. It's just a weird. I know again, they always claim it's not addictive, but the people that I know that do it, they always marijuana. Have marijuana is not addictive. That's um, marijuana, no. marijuana is, is not addictive. I think when someone indulges in marijuana, you know, constantly, 
I think weaning weaning yourself off it will show you some physical signs as far as uh, addiction signs, but they're they're nothing compared to any hard drug, even antidepressants. Um, and and listen, again, I'm not comparing. I'm just saying you, that if general. you're an alcoholic and you try to quit, you are going to have one, probably one of the toughest times. If you're a heroin addict you and you try to quit, from, from both of those. you will have the toughest time. If you're a cocaine addict and you try to quit, you will have the toughest time. If you are a uh, prescription See, this, a medicine taker, this, you will have is, a tough time. This is what time. throws me off. Marijuana, one day, two days, you're done. You know? For the guys that consider that to say it's a gateway, how do you compare when it's just a relaxed high to somebody who's doing cocaine or something like this or doing like meth or something. It's a totally different I'm realm. Not, I'm not comparing world. them. I'm just saying that it does. The people that I know that have used it, usually it's one of two scenarios. Either they stay using only that, but they use it a lot of times a day, multiple times a day, or they move on to things to give them a bigger high. I'm just talking. Mark, I'd really like you to do some research when you when you leave I don't here. need to research. People my, that my I know is, is all I need. I don't, I don't need statistics. That's fine. No, no. I don't need figures. That's fine. I'm but, dealing with every but, people in life that I see but all the time. In, in the early 1900s, when the feds came around, you know, the, the Federal Bureau of Investigation, they were, they were having campaigns um, dismissing marijuana. And the kind of, you know, Things they put on television and ads were, were, you know, they were so, it's just unreal. They would have African-Americans going after, you know, white ladies. And they say, if you smoke marijuana, these African-Americans are going to rape our women and they're going to well, steal right. and there rob you. and cocaine and Coca-Cola, you know? too. So, so no, no, my point we're is talking about the propaganda they brought on. They made like it was it was just the this, most horrible thing. Yeah, ever. they made you a serial killer. That's yeah. what it was. That was has nothing to do with what I'm saying. Most of the people I know, it's not that my, they're they're more like people that lose their vision. To me, the people that I know, look, I'm just talking about the people that I know. And I deal with a lot of people that it just seems like they lose their lust for life and their vision for doing anything and accomplishment because it's like it dulls them down. That's my best way of explaining it. Did it you know? Did you know hemp paper products are stronger than any paper that we could write on? Last longer, but more I don't natural. Care about that. We're talking about people smoking. Did stuff. you Did you know that hemp can be used as a gas for vehicles? He's getting to a point. I can even tell you the point before he even gets to it. That has to do with part of the cannabis industry. Hemp, is, which is part of it, if you took a stalk and from it, and if you peeled one of those like stalks down and ran that actual uh, strand, you are not going to be able to pull that thing apart. See, that same industry that we're talking here that has to do with the whole hidden, we're smoking and it gets us to the gateway and all that stuff that they programmed us all to make believe and think that that's what does it. But I'm not programmed. I keep telling you it's from experience, not people telling me. My I've opinion, people. My opinion, you wouldn't have made that statement if you had you not ever heard that statement to say that that's what did it to make them be that way. And you heard that statement because the the, the way the that's, media perceived that statement to say this does this to do that. I disagree. The media glorifies it. The media does no, not dull it down. Today, wrong. I've never back been, in sixties, seventies, eighties, nineties. They were all against it I to the point where he has any people media even talking about marijuana. I think the I big breakthrough. Yeah, I don't serious? Even, I think. Yeah. What do you mean, Geraldo Rivera? They used to show when the boatloads were coming through of. Of, of big cannabis coming in from Mexico and stuff. To this day, they were doing tunnels up, up, up Look, the I'm just point, but never from, glorification. From what I though. watched, I wasn't sitting around watching. Well, I, I'm saying, I'm saying, I think I'm it really, no. I think it really broke loose. Honestly, and it's not, it's not gonna. It sounds funny, but it really broke loose when Dr. Jerry came out with the Chronic. 
It really like it came back around. Yeah. But back to what you're saying, though, there were so many reasons that they wanted this to not come about and made you perceive that there was so much that it does that it got you to, quote, the gateway. Why? Because this gateway, which made you a serial killer or did whatever, was something that stopped the mill production if it would have came out. You know, the mill, all this paper product, wood product. Do you understand what comes from hemp? You have biofuel. You can gas. You can have gas running. But and I, stuff. See, but they had fields of it in World War No, we're not. Because I that nothing, I don't really care about any of this. So I'm no, just no, talking no. about the effect of a person that smokes it. So no. I don't care about that. Do you think it's hemp and this and that? No, but what of I'm a person that you, smokes it is is general, or you think it's right. it's, it's to one person that's right. the way it affects them. If someone smoked marijuana all day, do you think two people will feel the same? You know, I just think it dulls them. Forget about forget about even the gateway part. It definitely dulls your mind. Did oh, you know you're not talking at all? I want to hear something. Did from you know that many doctors? People, yeah. Did you know that many doctors, lawyers, movie stars, actors, musicians that are worth millions? Actors, make millions. musicians. Okay, first of all, I just take, said doctors, I'm lawyers, musicians, musicians so engineers. Take actors and musicians; they're a totally different breed. Who cares if their brain is dull okay. because they're doing what they're doing? There's okay. you may have be some doctors that do it. I'm not saying some? they don't. Okay, there's there's doctors, okay, lawyers, engineers, at doctors, <laughs> lawyers, engineers. There you go. Every single occupation that you could think of has marijuana smoking. And there's everyone that does cocaine, and there's everyone that does speed. We're still talking about so, the minority, but let's talk about the majority that don't. Most of the people that are huge, whatever, successful surgeons are not out there getting high and getting effed up. Unless they're a celebrity singer, musician. Yeah, unless they're the celebrity in, in uh, plastic surgeon that's going to put butt implants in. Well, that's about well, it. See, that's in, that's in, that's wrong. That's wrong for you guys to make that statement. That's wrong. I'm yeah, sorry. Generalize. You guys, you guys, you guys are making that statement based on your biased decisions of well, the but majority people. Saying, hold on, hold on, hold on. It's still tab because you know why. It's not the majority. Because you know why. It's just your You're, opinion. It, Okay, maybe my opinion, <laughs> but this huge circle of people that won't come to you, Mark, because you have this halo over your head and people won't come talk to you. And about I don't cannabis. have a halo. I don't but judge the, people. I just don't agree with it. I understand that. That's the perception. They're not going to talk to you about it. But when somebody who is who is in this scene, who sees it or what have you, sees the majority of the people because they are talking about it and because they feel relaxed to say it. But those 30 people who are talking about it won't come to this one person who doesn't do it because they don't want to be judged or talked about it in front of you because it's still uh, quote again, taboo. Well, I, I still wouldn't say it's the majority who smokes it. I o- Omar, Omar, you're wrong again. You're wrong again. Really? Because, because in order for the 2008 law to pass in Michigan, what has to happen? Majority the has majority to has to vote for it. Thank that you. means 51%. Thank so you. the majority won in godly cool. and marijuana. And do you know how many registered caregivers use. and that's patients? For medical use, not for recreation. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's though. the same thing. So if you got just that alone right there, what we're telling you. I think the tail, I think what Omar's saying is the tail will be when they try to legalize it in an upcoming election. That will be the tail, right? And then you could say, well, the majority spoke in Michigan, well, I, I and mean, the majority wants to smoke weed in Michigan. Well, right? well, the, for, the people that, that showed say, up and voted. The country, did. the country's almost that majority. Well, we'll go, we'll go, we'll go one, the, we'll go one, is a we'll go one state at a time. What percentage vote? What do you mean? We're, what we're, percentage we're, vote? We're at, at um, statewide. I'm gonna say countrywide. We're over, we're over 22 states, and we have what? How many people vote? Uh, 10 percent, 20 percent. Can't tell you. I mean, I'll be so still technically, this. it's not correct. <laughs> if <laughs> if you're motivated to get like a guy like me, doesn't really give a damn about voting for or against marijuana. So I'm not going to show up at the polls. I'll vote for who the president is, oh. but I'm not going to vote for or against marijuana. The people that are motivated to make marijuana legal are going to get out there and vote. The other people really don't give two dams about it. There's nobody I know 
that's but, actually so motivated to go. I'm voting against that no matter what. Usually, yeah, like I really don't give a true. damn. If people want to be stoners, let them be stoners. Then that means that means you're siding with, you know, quote unquote, your minority. You're siding with it. If, you, not, if you're not saying, it's not a minority. He's just you're not saying, if you're not saying, a minority of people vote. So yes, tell me it's the majority yes. that want it. But but if you're so steadfast on. It's bad. It'll fog your brain cells. It's a gateway drug. Uh, you shouldn't be doing it. I'll kick your ass if it. you do it. I didn't say I'll kick. I told my kids I'll kick your ass because okay. they're my kids. I, I can understand tell them that. that. Fine. The, the general society, I really don't care who does what. He's not, it's not, he's not going out I'm there not, voting against I don't care, and I'm not judging means, the people. I just don't when, like it. When you don't vote for something, See, that means is, you don't care. This is what somebody right? liberal – this is the liberal viewpoint that – if I don't agree with you, I'm intolerant. But if I agree, if I agree with you, it's awesome. I'm great. But if I don't agree, I'm intolerant. So you can't ask my. I, no, if all I'm, I'm not saying, allowed to give my opinion Mike, that you're asking all I'm saying me. Is if you're I'm not, not intolerant if you're not by not saying agreeing no, with you. If you're not saying no, then you're okay with it. That's my point. No. Yeah, but Mark, Steve, that's not, my point. Steve is not a liberal. You got to remember that when he has kids, he's going to keep his daughters locked up. In that's the true. They can't drive. Not locked. And they up. got a, chained. Oh, chained. I'm sorry. But chained. my point is that you can't. This is again. This is the mantra of, of when people decide that if you don't agree with them, you're intolerant. If you agree with me, I love you. If you don't, you're intolerant. My point. No, I. But didn't my say point that. is, I don't have to agree with you. I don't have to be against you doing it or somebody else or whatever. It does not bother me. But if you don't say I just no, don't like it. If you don't say no, that means. You're okay with it. Hey, you know what? As long as it's not my kids or me, yeah, I really don't care. Anybody can do what they want. It's it's yeah. a free country to do what the hell. It's just like smoking. Yeah. I don't smoke cigarettes, but you know no, what? Th this I think it's BS that they try and make people not smoke in areas and not smoke in bars because you're in a free country. If you want to smoke a cigarette, why why should you have special designated places for hookahs? Or well, well, that's you go the, that's, to the casino to smoke cigarettes, but you can't smoke in the local bar. That's it's it's that's very unfair. But at the same time, I also feel like if they want to, I just that's funny you just said that because I just posted that early earlier. I posted that on my on my uh. My status, my status was, I said, one of the worst things in life is being forced to ride with cig smokers. If you choose to kill yourself, please leave me out, <laughs> you know? So, so I was saying like, in, you know, cigarette smokers about that, but I'm not, I, I'm not, I'm not saying again, we're at the beginning of the show, like, or when we first got on, this isn't here to advocate say, Ooh, hurrah, everybody go fire one up at the end of the show. Let's all go and get baked. No, this is just to say the attitude benefits. has changed. There is huge benefits to it. We have been in, in the dark on it for so long because the government, Nixon, that piece of shit, did this. There's been so many conspiracy theories behind it. There was scientists <clears throat> that he had performed some studies on it. They came to him and said to him, this will help and, and, and cure cancer. There's, an, there's a positive effect to this. He shut that shit down quick. He scheduled on a schedule one level. I mean, come on, you serious? I mean, you want to consider this as hard as heroin? Yeah, but, Are you but serious? Till, from then till now, nobody could change the law. Say it again. I said so, but that just means there's something wrong with every political person from then till now because none of them have changed the law. They've because, left it a level one. Yeah, because why? Think about it. I have no 20, idea why. 20, 20 years ago, 20 years ago, it was still in the first, those first, those generation that politicians where you had that fat, fat ass Sammy sitting back going, oh, ho, 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 ho. no, 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 we can't legalize marijuana. My why? nephew's Bill, down Bill a prosecutor. Why? Bill couldn't smoke dope all the time, but he he had a chance. He could have made it legal. He no, didn't do they, it. They weren't doing it. There Your was president right now is a too dope much smoker money. and a half. How come he didn't make it too, legal? Too much money. You had too much, too much. Dude, he he in his book he wrote that he smoked marijuana every single day. I'm not making it up. No, you're not. He said he used cocaine and smoked and everything else. So why is it not legal? He could make a change because there was so much. I'm telling you, 
the fat ass that sat behind there with his cigar in his hand and his long little gray beard coming down was sitting there thinking about his little nephew that was the prosecuting attorney down there and the other cousin who was working with Philip Morris and the other cousin who was doing this. But that's, that's all politics. They're all bought and sold. That's what I'm saying to you. The They're hands, all bought and sold. The hands were greased so heavy, right? So California stepped up. The first ones. That's what I was talking to but David California about. But California is this. Here's my problem with California. Okay. You could smoke marijuana, but they banned Happy Meals for kids from McDonald's. Yeah. So this is like, it's the hypocrisy. Look, it's either going to be all or none. You can't ban Happy Meals and ban fried chicken and allow marijuana, but you can't smoke. So everything just comes down to who pays the most money gets what they want. That's and that's well the thing about it is though <laughs> it's, it's, Omar, it's always, right? whose hands are always greases. Whose hands are always greases is always the thing when it comes to politics. That's why anybody with politics, I hate you all. Let's be real. Every politician, everybody with po with political ties, you guys are all a bunch of corrupt assholes. I always say it's okay? the antithesis. Politics are the. You know what's funny now? You know you know right now. You know how many hands are probably being greased in this industry now because they're starting to see this? Let's be real. Mark, they're exposing the dollar profits right now. You know whose eyes are lit right now? Wall Street, New York Stock, all those guys, the bankers across the country, they're all eyes wide open like shit. Everything how do comes down to money. Dude. Money. Whoever's palm gets greased, that's yes. the bills that gets passed. Yes. How do people get out of murder cases? They got yes. more guys like uh, Robert Blake and yes. – OJ and all these guys, how do they get off? Money. They got the cash, the, Money. the judge golfs with my uh, attorney or whatever. So well, you think if you think this industry, even if they legalize marijuana, is going to come out clean, the minute this legalized, oh, it's over every lobbyist is going to be out there doing oh, yeah. everything under the sun. And then, like I said, that's why I laugh about the stuff that it's people, people think when it passes, it's going to become something that's all bright and clean and pure. No. It's just going to be, gonna be controlled another, again by the, mess. another mess controlled by the government again. Right now, whatever it is, it's in the people's hand. And I and I, and I, however you want to look at it, and if you guys know you guys are against it, but God bless every single person that's in this industry right now. Keep making that money. Keep doing it. It's in the people's hands. You know, you're getting it right now. You're putting it back in the system because right now, in the next couple of years, it looks like it may go forward towards the legalization of it. And when it does, it's back out of the people's hands again. And once it gets in the government, you're right, Mark. It's going to be a shitty it's mess. It's going to be corrupt as hell. You corrupt. Know? Just like it's anything a, else. It already is now. There's already right now, like, like stories already being told right now with Michigan. Let me give you a little insight. Up north, you can't touch a mine up there right now. Every property that where the mine shafts were up there have been sold. So the story behind it is the company, because Canada has already legalized it, believe it or not. They were on Forbes magazine in 2002, front page, marijuana leaf, because Canada was already in process making money. So now they're, they're to the point where they've got somebody there who's got a license where they can soon be able to just ship it to Israel and other places all over the, um, uh, the Middle East if they wanted to with import-export right now. So... Um, anyway, so, um, so this, this company that's out there, which is huge, um, can of something, I forgot the name. Uh, they're one of the biggest producers for this. They're doing it by pharmaceutical, mind you, in Canada. They're doing it where actual pharmaceutical companies handle the distribution points. So they have supposedly, they did buy already one or two, but have the ability. And this is, if you look at this up, they grow plants that have to do with cancer patients, right? But they said in a flick of a switch, they'll be ready for this cannabis industry. So they're preparing. They're up north right now, already in the mine shafts, getting prepared for this stuff right now. One Snyder, Shooty's the one who's not on board for our state right now. 
Um, he, he's been, he, him and the Michigan State Police are the ones that are against it. They're tackling it out for a lot of reasons. Because, you know, guys, right now, the only downfall to it is people can get access. They, if Mark owns a dispensary and Omar owns a dispensary and Steve owned one, there's the ability that Mark walks in, gets his ounce from over there. Steve goes to Steve. Steve doesn't know he was at Mark's place, gets another ounce from over there. A person can consume three ounces in a, in, in a week's worth of time, and there's no control over who's to state how much refill or how much one can use. So there's a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of, a lot of hurdles to cross right now, and it's going to be years um, before they even, I think, even get to that thought of trying to nationally. So before, before we uh, get off the air, I uh, want to plug uh, a couple things real quick. First of all, as always, we urge all of you to visit www.helpirock.org, donate. Every every bit counts. Every bit helps. Uh, this Friday, the fifteenth, there's a fundraiser at Regency Manor that is hosted by Teach, uh, one of the groups under HelpIraq.org. It's the educational group, uh, comprised of a bunch of great teachers, um, and the fundraiser is to raise money for the refugees uh, towards uh, educational purposes for them back home, and we'll go to HelpIraq.org, uh, buy tickets, message any of us here on Facebook if you. Uh, if you want to buy tickets or if you want more information, again, that's at uh, Regency Manor this Friday, and it starts at uh, at 7 p.m. It's called uh, Evening Between Two Rivers. Hello. I just got here right now. Oh, Rafid. I'm sorry, Rafid. You're late. I was eating. <laughs> and feeding blue. I got you, bro. <laughs> you know what? Can you, can you do me a favor? No, no, no. Okay, there are three Rafids in here. <laughs> which one is which? Again, again. Um, I just have one question. Well, that's like that's four. Which one of them looks most like Rafid? I'm going to Iraq next week. Weren't you already there back in December? I'm going again. We're, I just have one question. We want to thank everybody for tuning in. As always, uh, we'll see you guys in two weeks again. Don't forget to support this Friday, Regency Manor, 7 p.m. Uh, and uh, www.helpirog.org. Steve, get your ass off of me, please. We'll see you guys in two weeks. Thanks.